Hello, hello. Alright. Uh, if you're watching this video after the fact, make sure and check the notes uh, in the description below uh, for all the topics that we cover and when we cover them in the video. Uh, not very organized, so this means you don't... If you don't have two hours to spend uh, hanging out with us, uh, that's a great way to skip around and stuff. And uh, I should say that there is now a GitHub repository full of all the old note stocks. Um, I think it's uh, GitHub... GitHub.com slash Adafruit slash deep dive notes. Hey Johnny, hey doctor. Um, so Adafruit slash deep dive notes, and uh, you can. Uh, Patrick wanted a way to search all the notes, so um, what we've done is we've dumped all of them here, and then Patrick was awesome and went through and wrote a script so that all of the time codes are linked. Um, so if you ever want to like figure out when I was talking about something, this is a great way to do that. Um, and while I'm thinking of it, uh, this would not be possible without David, who takes notes every week. So thank you, or almost every week. So thank you so much, David, for that. Um, and thanks to Patrick for the things. Um, hi, Keith. Hi, Keith EE. Hi, Mark. Hi, Beata. Thanks for hanging out. Um, David pinged me like 10 minutes or 15 minutes ago and I was like still out chatting with a neighbor so luckily I have a, a list of all the stuff I need to do before I get things going um, we do have a no cats in the cat cam I left the door open and the cleaner vacuumed in here which is awesome um, but scared the cats out so no cats in here and they're on their own And I am actually in the middle of the stuff, too, but we'll uh, get there when we get there. It's only 2 o'clock. We'll wait a little while longer. I don't think I'm going to need the overhead. I hadn't thought about that. Hey, Deshipu. Thanks for, for joining. Hey, Bruce. I've got ice water. Keep me cool. It's 85 in here right now. I think the high today was 86. I'm not sure what that is in Celsius. I'm sorry. But I think everything's going okay. You all can hear me. I sound okay. Adam Jones says, probably a silly question, but 7.0.0 of what? Uh, that's not a silly question uh, if you're new here. Uh, Circuit Python. So Circuit Python. Actually, let me just do the housekeeping. Hi, 3D Electronic. All right. So hello, everyone. My name is Scott, and I work for Adafruit on Circuit Python. Um, Adafruit is an open source hardware and software company based out of New York City. Uh, they pay for me to work on Circuit Python and do these streams. They are also obviously this is their uh, channel. Um, they're based in New York City. I work remotely for them, so I'm in uh, Seattle here. Uh, it's kind of uh, kind of warm. 30, 30, 30 Celsius says the chat. Thank you to Shipu and Bruce. Um, so yeah, Circuit Python is a version of Python designed to, on mic to run on microcontrollers, which are little 
inexpensive computers, they end up on boards kind of like this. Uh, the chip here is the microcontroller. They're kind of like all-in-one uh, computers that can run Python, which is awesome. Um, so I've been working on that for a few years now. And uh, yeah, so that's generally what we talk about. Adam had the question about <laughs> 70 fixes is the title of the stream. Hello, Patrick. Um, so that's uh, that's what we're going to talk about. Although I was working on something before, so I may we're, we're going to veer into like Pi OCD land probably because that's where I where I left off before I went and got lunch. Um, so uh, if you want to chat with me and a lot of others, uh, feel free to join our Discord server. That's the middle box here is our Discord channel. Um, you can do that by going to the URL adafru.it/discord. Uh, this is a deep dive. It happens every week. Uh, normally Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, but occasionally shifted to Thursdays. Uh, typically goes for two hours or more, so get comfortable. Go ahead and do something else. I try to read off questions so that you don't have to be watching the screen. Uh, questions are always welcome. And uh, next week will also be on Friday because next Friday is uh, Circuit Python Day. So um, I should chat about that a little bit, but I saw some questions in uh, in the chat, so I'll, I'll get to those first. Um, I don't have to say about the cat, because he's not in here. Uh, he went downstairs. Okay, so, hello, Dave. I think I said everyone. Um, hello, Dexter. Hello, Minnesota Mentat. Hi, DCD. Hi, Rackbit. That's an awesome animation. Um, hi, Foamy Guy. Hi, Bruce S. Hi, Paul. Hi, Mr. Certainly. <laughs> okay, so uh, Foamy Guy had a question. Mama Rolf says Pi OCD. What did I call it? Pi OCD. That's, I think we're talking about the same thing. Um, so Foamy Guy asks random meta question about the stream. How do you feed the Sony camera into your computer to get it into the stream? It plugs in with USB and has a driver or something. Yeah, so I have a Magewell. So the camera outputs HDMI and then there's a Magewell box that does USB 3 to my computer and then just shows up as a regular kind of like camera for, for Linux. Wow, Bruce was busy. Mark says it's 95 there today in Canada. I haven't, I don't use the webcam driver. No. I did go for a, a walk as well. Capture card or video capture device. Yes. I have a mage well, and if you want to know exactly what version it is, it was what Phil recommended I pick up, so I picked that up. Um, and he paid for it, <laughs> I think, so. Uh, that's that's the dealio. I had a lot of trouble beforehand, and uh, when I updated my motherboard, I was specifically looking for um, specifically looking for a strong mother strong USB motherboard. Mister certainly asks, what was the deciding factor for the Magewell versus the Elgato offerings? Uh, it was just whatever. Um, I just went by what Phil recommended because he's he's been doing a lot of stuff. Um, you know, he, he's been streaming for a while, so I just went with that. But Johnny says, I use the webcam driver. It works fine, except for Microsoft Teams. 
Hmm. Bruce says, firesmoke.ca show, showing our current level. Yeah, it's a... I can smell it a little bit. It was... I noticed it, like, yesterday or the day before, but um, it really... It's been not very noticeable. I have this... It's like... Somebody has a call coming in. It's not me. I don't think. Stay hydrated. Thanks, John. I've got you covered. I've learned to also go to the bathroom right before I stream, because I drink so much water. Ooh, ribs and pulled pork barbecue. I'm barbecuing salmon tonight. That's going to be good. Okay. Um, where do we want to start? Let's start with um, CircuitPython Day. So I don't forget to talk about it. Um, I don't know what we've posted about CircuitPython Day. Oh, there's this cool video. Did you all watch this video? Yeah, so I'll be doing... It's funny. Uh, oh, you can't see my screen. Um, so tentative activities. We have uh, Jeff, Dan, and Katni are doing a stream again. I think they're going to show off some stuff. Um... Oof. Yeah, we've had bad smoke days, but it's not been too bad. I actually do have... I can hold this up. So I have this, uh, and maybe folks know what... But I've got this um, thing I rigged for last year. This is the particle sensor. But it started giving me weirder readings. Um, so it's saying like 5 right now. When it was really smoky here, it was up in the like 100 range or in the 10s range. Um, but I have that setting set up, and it looks like it's actually kind of right now. For a while, it was really bad. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't look too bad, and the windows are open, so it's not not too bad. So, um, yeah, so somebody tacked on the special edition for the deep dive next week. If folks have ideas on how I could make the deep dive stream next week more special edition, please let me know. Otherwise, it'll probably be the same thing. Although, um, it's not on here, but uh, I think Keith EE, -E, correct me if I'm wrong. Hi, I'm, hello, I am Joel. Um, we are planning on doing a Reddit AMA next week, I think. Um, and Keith can confirm, and if there's a, a link, Keith can put that in the Discord as well. Um, but I think that's the plan. Yeah, so we'll do, what we're going to do is we're going to do a CircuitPython AMA on the Python Discord, or the Python Discord, the Python subreddit. Um, so that should be fun, and maybe there's some topics that'll come out of that that would be interesting. <laughs> I'm Joel Tude, too? No, I'm Scott. But that's clever. Okay, so keep an eye out on the Python subreddit um, for the for the AMA announcement, but we are... Keith E. was asking me about it, and I was like, you know, it would be cool to do that for CircuitPython Day next week. And he was like, okay. Yeah, sorry for all the folks that are dealing with smoke. It's no fun. I, I can relate. There will be a pinned post on the main page of the Python subreddit. Oh, foamy guy, we could put this in this article. 
Um, so Foamy Guy says in its less official capacity, but I'm planning to stream at 11 a.m. Eastern on CircuitPython Day as well. So yeah, there will be lots of streams. We'll do the AMA. Um, so that'll be cool. And if you have ideas uh, that I, I could do to make my deep dive special next week, please let me know. Best way to let me know is just like join CircuitPython Dev on um, CircuitPython Dev on Discord and, and just at me in there. So yeah, okay. Uh, there was one other thing. Oh, so deep dive notes. What was else on my list? Ah, uh, the Reddit AMA. Okay, so I covered that. So ask Patrick W, who watches these streams occasionally and has been super helpful, um, was asking me whether I have a collection or a place where all the deep dive notes are. Um, and so what I was like, oh well, we could just make a GitHub repo for it. And the nice thing about GitHub repos is that what you can do is wear a purple hat. I don't know if I have a purple hat. Um, I don't know. I could wear something, I guess. Uh, yeah, so there's github.com slash adafruit slash deep dive notes. You can clone it, and then you can, um, what you can do is you can like just grab it, and, like search the repo. I guess you could search on GitHub as well, because it's not a fork. So if you ever want to find something uh, on the previous deep dives from when we had uh, notes, thanks to David. Um, check this repo out. And Patrick did a cool thing, and I think I showed it earlier, but I'll show it again. Uh, if you click into a particular day, um, the time codes are actually links, so the, they'll link to like the specific spot in this specific video, um, which is pretty awesome. So thanks to Patrick and thanks to David uh, for taking notes and putting that together. All right, uh, if folks have more questions, go ahead and ask them. Otherwise, I think I'm gonna just jump into, all right, I could look at what I've fixed. Maybe I'll do that first before I get into debugging. But I have been doing some debugging that I haven't figured out yet. So I wanna get back to that. But let's just take a look at the PRs that came through this week. Um, so, oh yeah, so thanks to David uh, suggesting using all four LEDs on the mag tag as a status thing. Um, Deshipu asks, how hard do you think it would be to get CircuitPython to run on the SAM L21 as opposed to the D21? Talk to the electronic cats, folks. I think they've tried it. Um, they would have a better idea because I, th I think they were working on it. So I would... I would Google around, I think somebody has been trying to do that. Uh, and I think it's the electronic cats folks that have. Um, the other person, I think Joey Castillo might have been looking at it as well for his watch. So I think people have been looking at it. Um, how hard? I don't know. They would have a better idea. Um, okay, so we'll take a look at that. And the pulse out stuff I did. Oh, and you know what? I have a review to do to Dan for Dan, so I should do that as well. Multiple status neopixels. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So uh, I'll do the I'll do the review for Dan too. Um, so a couple of fake seat fake 
sleep bugs on NRF and ESP. So um, fake sleep is when you write CircuitPython code that is doing a deep sleep. So when you do a deep sleep, it, it exits your exits your code um, and then shuts every, as much as it possibly can down before and then wakes up based on the conditions you set before you went into deep sleep. Um, but the way that it works is that if you're on USB, like you're testing your code, um, what will happen is that it won't actually deep sleep because deep, proper deep sleep will lose USB connection. So, but if you're prototyping it, we have a mode that is fake deep sleep, which is your code still exits, but the circuit Python stays running the whole time. Um, and we had a couple bugs in uh, that code that had leaked in. So um, those are on the NRF and the ESP. So um, one thing I did was we added the ability for, uh, thanks to Christian, Christian added the ability to save the exception string from a run uh, so that you can access it the next time you run. Um, and there was a problem with that with doing the deep sleep traceback because the way deep sleep works is when you say exit and deep deep sleep it actually raises the deep sleep, deep sleep exception um, and so to fix a bug with that what I did is it just said like oh if the so this is in pyexec just click it a little bit further so where it's actually running your code is right here so this is like Okay, so this is somewhere in, it's like in PyExec parse compile loop or something. Um, so it sets stuff up and it does a function call to run your code. And then as it exits, it figures out like, oh, was there, did it exit because of an exception? And then if it's a deep sleep exception, we'll set the return value to indicate that it's deep sleep. But then also if, if there is a result what it will do is it will save it in this exception thing, and that's what gets printed by the the exception printer thing. And so what I did is like, it was crashing when trying to use the deep sleep exception, so instead what I did is I just said like, oh, if it's deep sleep, don't bother setting the exception. So that was one fix. Another fix on the S2 was that um, if you did one real deep sleep and then did, and then USB connects, and you're doing uh, fake deep sleeps, the fake deep sleeps would not work um, on the ESP because this, the ESP IDF, when you do this get wake up cause, uh, was returning the value from the first deep sleep. So um, there's a flag here that just says like, oh, is this the first time we woke up? And if not, um, don't, don't listen to the IDF. Um, this was the real, well, the, the, the bug that got me into it. The, the bug that got me into it was that um, when you're doing a time sleep, that's one way to wake up from a deep sleep or, or a light sleep is based on time. And uh, what was happening is that when we were fake deep sleeping a time wait on ESP, you weren't able to control C out of it like it says you can. Um, and so what I did here is the ESP is a little weird and then it has two tasks running. Um, and so the USB stuff still works because the USB is running in a different task than CircuitPython. Um, but what we were doing is we were only triggering the CircuitPython task when the interrupt character was set. 
but that's only set when user code is running. Um, so what I did is I moved it kind of outside this check so that whenever control C is, uh, is seen by TinyUSB, we'll trigger the CircuitPython task. And ask Patrick found a, a SAML21 thing. Um, and then this is just a minor thing for, I'm, I'm trying to get it going on GC, GCC 11. And this is a minor um, thing for checking. Um, NRF time sleep wasn't working because it wasn't setting these this internal state when the alarms are actually set, it was setting it too early. And then I deleted a bunch of debug. It was, it was setting, resetting it back too late. Um, so yeah, I fixed that as well. That was one thing. Um, this is the thing I was working on a while. Um, PWML, we're switching the API to take in uh, a pin uh, frequency in a duty cycle. Rather, the old API takes in a PWML and then controls that. Which is great, but it assumes how it assumes the method for implementation, and the ESP thirty two S two doesn't actually need the resources that a PWM out uses in order to do it. So we started moving to this model, and you'll see it in I think it's in six, but it's in at least in earlier betas where like you can kind of do both ways. But you could only do you could only do that newer way on ESP. So what I went back and made all of the implementations work like the new API, which takes the pin. Um, and then I also found some PWM out problems, um, so I fixed those as well. And uh, thanks to DMCom for doing some some thorough testing on my stuff. Um, I added support for multiple status new pixels, which I think I did on, on the stream last week. Um, so that's good too, and uh, did that for the playgrounds, and I did that for the the mag tag at David's request as well. Uh, any questions, folks? Want me to answer? Hi, on car. I say it right. Um, maybe I should take a look at this. So this is a uh, Dan's been like working for weeks to try to make the audio playback better. Um, so let me see here. He's got six files changed. I could probably do that on here. Katney's gonna try it. Crunchy playback and program hanging. He's still working on it. Oh, and there's 45 checks failing. Maybe I'll wait. I don't need to do that on the stream. Adafruit can build home automation full product in future. I'm not sure exactly what you're asking. Home automation is a lot of different things to different people. All right, I think I'm gonna ignore this. Since there's more work to be done, I think I'll do that next week. Um, so I thought, I thought um, talking about Pi OCD would be a very cool thing for us to do. So folks may know Open OCD, 
which is a way to oh david says any progress on your game boy related personal project i now have a rp2040 game link adapter and i follow someone making an rp2040 powered cartridge i have not made any progress but i would love to see those two things if you have links for them please share them with me i'd love to i'd love somebody else to make the hardware honestly um what's this ocd thing yeah so um open on chip debugger so ocd is on chip debugger and it's the software oh great infinite redirect brilliant uh, so it's the software that um translates between your debugger <laughs> nothing's too much of a tangent um KRS13 says, what Game Boy project if it's not too much of a tangent? So I was working, the Game Boy project I was working on was a SAMD51 powered um, Game Boy cartridge that you could program in CircuitPython. So what CircuitPython did is it queued up assembly instructions to the Game Boy to do different things, like loading tile like sprites into memory and moving them around and all of that um i have a talk that i did at teardown i think teardown game boy i think it was it uh supercharger hardware old and new with circuit python I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for coming. Uh, I always talk louder room, than I intended to. Also, those to. folks watching online now and in the future. Um, so thank you. Uh, first, an introduction. Uh, I'm Scott Shawcroft. I go by Tim. Clock and power. I showed the website earlier. Okay, I, I don't need to watch my own presentation, but I will link to it in the chats. Uh, but yeah, the basic idea is that um, <laughs> Tanute of the past. Yeah, 2019. Um, Deep Tangents is my nickname for this stream. Yeah, people have come to expect that. Um, all right, let's not look at the terrible recommendations. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, so the idea was making a PCB. I am not the owner of Adafruit, Ankar asks. Um, but yeah, really trying to leave all your, like, gaming logic in the CircuitPython cart, but then using the Game Boy for button inputs and, and display and stuff like that, so... Yeah. Anthony says, I think they're asking uh, if the home automation support will be complex enough to have its own API framework for CircuitPython. I don't think so. I don't think that we'll have our own framework. If you look, we already have like an MQTT library. Um, and that's pretty good. And then a lot of our focus on the, on the IO side right now is with Whippersnapper. 
which is very cool and i suggest people look at that but it's like a no code like just on the website you say what sensors are connected and then it automatically will give you the values back from it um adam jones says and yay since nothing is <laughs> since nothing is too much of a tangent I'm getting back into microcontrollers to do a hobby project and looking for help finding any projects or libraries for signal triangulation. Um, uh, I don't know, uh, but hopefully some folks in the chat here will have ideas for, for signal triangulation. Um, I would say, I would ask what, like, types of signals you're talking about, like, what radio, ra what RF frequency ranges and things. Um, KRS-13, I work on a Python-based Game Boy emulator, if you want to talk more about that. Sounds like a cool project, probably too slow for CircuitPython, but yeah. That's awesome. Um, Kiwi SDR is a suggestion. Um... Yeah, it was interesting. It was really interesting from their perspective of the the Game Boy Cart stuff because, like, it was us answering the CPU rather than us being the CPU. Like, like emulators are reading the ROMs, right, and then doing stuff, whereas like we're kind of doing the reverse when we're the cart itself. But I would love to see if we could find if somebody found the hardware. Like, I did most of the software. I really got hung up. I think the RP2040 is a better chip for it, but I think the way that I was doing it with the CMD51, I was occasionally, um, I was occasionally having to, um, I think the DMA on the CMD51 was not always timely enough for the Game Boy. So I think what was happening is that I was end up ended up um, returning the wrong data and then it goes off into the weeds and crashes and stuff. So, so I got it a, a long ways through it. Um, I got it. So folks are asking, Rackbit asks, as a Game Boy cart, you have to embed the Nintendo logo for copy protection, right? Yes. So you have, so the, the ROMs on the Game Boy will request the memory for the Game Boy logo, for the Nintendo logo twice. Um, once as a copy protection thing and once as a, like, now I'm going to display it sort of thing. Um, and because we're not actually fixed memory, what I have, have the circuit, so I have code for CircuitPython to, to do all this. Like, I got pretty far. Um, and I got it working on the Game Boy Color as well. Um, so what I would do is I would return the Nintendo Bytes logo bytes back the first time and then the second time I wouldn't the second time I would return something else I think I returned like I got an Adafruit logo instead um okay so there's both um BLE trilateral trilateralation is on my short list of projects for my home system so you have a recommendation um, or ham radio fox hunt stuff. Um, nice Game Boy type thing with a big sharp display. That's what the um, what these have. The they just opened pre-orders for these two, I think, right? 
Um, Tithe on Twitch says, can't find a Whipper Snapper software you talk of. Any chance of a link? Yeah, let me find it. I think if you go to blog.adafruit.com and then I think it's spelled wrong, which we like to do. I think there's probably a blog post about it. Whipper Snapper Wednesday. Yeah, so here's, I think, the best link for it. It's part of IO. Um, somebody uh, on... <laughs> Game Boy cartridge using RP2040. All right, let's pull it up. Oh, not there. Oh, that's awesome. Mine had MIDI, which is pretty neat, but I would totally just go with... Interesting. I wonder how it is connected. I shall follow this person. That is curious. Thank you for the link, David. It looks a lot less crowded than my version, but m my version has MIDI stuff, which is pretty needed. Uh, pretty cool. Um, talking about triangulation and like indoor location stuff, um, let's just find this. See, I think more po more folks ask questions once we establish tangents are okay. Um, all right, let's make it. A little smaller. Um, Beely Beacon. So somebody was asking about Beely Beacon. Yeah, so in this, Thomas here just linked to two studies about um, using Beely Beacons for indoor navigation. So I would recommend this as well. Dexter says, is there a limit on the sample rate of a wave file for RP2040? Um, <laughs> we have, Dan's working on this actively um, and check out that PR that he had. Um, but basically if it sounds bad, try a lower sample rate. Um, Dan's doing a lot of debugging on the audio playback of waves on the RP2040 right now. So yeah, sit tight. That the audio playback should be getting better. Oh, cool! Eventually, it would be cool to have narrated nature walk with the proximity-based triggers, but also um, at nighttime have lights illuminate as you walk near them. I'm such a terrible live streamer. Um, we have visitors coming later, so. <laughs> Tan Newt's Tangents. 
That's a very core scenario for Beely Beacons at museums and stuff. Need to be see it done in Circuit Python. That would be amazing. Um, Laura and Blue Fruit Solutions might be better if you use for your use case. Yeah, if you're talking about location stuff. <laughs> Doctor says some streamers just do things and totally ignore the audience, so you're not that bad. And they, Mark says the ESP32 S2 has something coming. Last I saw about Wi-Fi location. Hmm. <laughs> Tithe says, thanks, Scott, got foxed by the British love of silent ages. Well, that and, like, usually the way that Adafruit brands things is, like, even if, it, if you, even if you think you know how it's spelled, that's not always the case. So, yeah, happy to link you. That's, I, I'm happy to do that on my stream, happy to help people. All right, um... Should we pop the stack and get back to OCD? So there's open OCD, which I've kind of like had mixed feelings about. It's so it's the software that bridges talking kind of to a microcontroller and talking to like a standard debugger like GDB or LLDB. Um, I don't use that. JLink has their equivalent, which is the like JLink um, GDB server which does that too. Um, so there's that. Oh, the bot might have not liked the long jump comment. Uh, sorry about the bot. If, if you think it was mistaken, then that's fine. Uh, or we can fix it later. Um, so there's also this project called PyOCD, which is what I want to actually, where I'm trying to go with this. PyOCD is pretty cool. It's all Python, and it's Python that talks to, uh, hey, Esden, nice to tune in once again. Welcome. We're just hanging out. If you have questions, uh, or I'd like to, I'd love to hear how things are going, too. Um, ah, okay, you deleted it. Hey, Unexpected Maker's here, too. This is why I stream for two hours, so that people can drop in 30 minutes into it. That's the only reason. It's not all the tangents. <laughs> it's not the fact that I haven't gotten to the thing that I would make sure and do, or the, that I wanted to do. Oh, does it? Man, everybody's deleting stuff. Funny that you talk about OpenOCD and PyOCD right when I tune in. Yeah, I was wishing I had a Black Magic probe. I'm not sure I do. Um. <laughs> hey, James. Getting off work. Ah, yeah, good. Tangent following engaged. Um. Yeah, so PyOCD is really cool. Um, it carries them, so... Yeah, I mean, I, like... I also got a J-Link, and like the J-Links worked really well. But, here's the but. So th this has the, been the problem that I've had. Is that right now, ARM GDB hates me. 
Uh, David says, I got my black magic recently. Do I need to borrow? I might actually have one. Um, so what's the... Unexpected Maker asks, what's the difference between PyOCD and OpenOCD? So I think op I think they they have the same role, but the way that... So there is some um, differences or, or some configuration that needs to happen on a kind of like per chip basis. And the OpenOCD stuff is in like Tickle or something. So like... I obviously am biased. Um, yeah, it's the site doesn't work still. So if we look in open OCD, like I've always said, yeah, there's like TCL stuff and it's like all this, like it supports a lot of stuff, but it's like in a thing that I don't really understand. Um, so it does a lot of things. It has a lot of support, um, but I have a Python bias, so that's part of my problem. Um, Rackbit says PyOCD does use the JLink software, whereas OpenOCD talks to the JLink directly, as far as I know. For my JLink Education Edition, for instance, it will pop up the daily warning window. Oh, interesting. But I have been enjoying using PyOCD a lot. Yeah, so I have a JLink base. Um, so what I've been doing, so I have this problem. I, I'm trying to debug some crashes on the Feather NRF 52840 board in the like BLE workflow stuff. I got really hamstrung by it because what is happening is that the crashes happen when I do an LTO, link time optimized version. Um, so link time optimization is uh, where it takes all the code for the whole thing, all of CircuitPython, and it optimizes it all together, which is not something you can traditionally do for like big applications. But because like microcontrollers are quite small, um, like I we just do that, and that means that it's also like a little bit more optimized because the the linker and the and the compiler can optimize like the whole thing all all together. Um, but for some reason, when I that's called link time optimization and I call it LTO for short. The problem is, is that my GDB has started hanging and just taking more and more memory when I try to load those binaries up. Um, and I'm not sure why. So I basically can't debug LTO compiled things right now in GDB. Um, I was trying my darndest to use LLDB, which is the LLVM version of the debugger. Um, it loads okay, but it was at one point, it wasn't walking the stack kind of... I, I was getting a hard fault handler, and it only walked the stack up to the top of the hard fault, hard fault handler. It wouldn't go past that. So I started looking into this PyOCD thing because I was like, heck, I'll just write my own. <laughs> you know me. I'm like, what if I... Maybe I'll just write my own debugger. Um, nice. Evan PSD is now in the... Discord as well. So you found the great place to ask about uh, the positioning, indoor positioning stuff. Um, I finally got OpenOCD working on my Mac to flash Sandy via my Atma ICE, but I prefer to use Python if I could. 
Yeah, so I've gotten flashing working. It's using the J-Link, so that I have the J-Link connected to the Feather. Um, it is not very fast, but I, I kind of assume that's a, a J-Link thing, not a PyOCD thing. Um, um, so yeah, so I've been playing around with PyOCD. So I've got the script that I'm working on. And basically what happens with CircuitPython it, in these cases is that it's just crashing when it starts up. So um, what I have is just a script that is just like connect to the thing and like print some stuff out. So um, here's some, I forget what I started with, some PyOCD thing. And then you can actually have it um, load. So if I want to load the file, I can uncomment this. Um, elf symbol provider is the like given an address we can figure out where it is um i feel like saying roll my own ocd is almost like saying roll my own crypto well so the thing that seems pretty cool about this is that like i don't this is kind of my debugger um to some degree it's not interactive but it is like giving me enough information so what i've got it doing right now is like i'm loading the symbols I'm printing out the sections. I'm loading the file, but not really, because I haven't commented out. And then I just halt the target, and then I start reading stuff. So I read the program counter, the stack pointer, the two different stack pointers. So dwarf, dwarf info is all of the debug info. So I get the dwarf stuff. I get some ranges, main compilation unit. And now I can do this, like, what line for this or then I build this table for like, given an address, what is the lines, more debug stuff. Um, but I have this thing here. I know I it. that's not, that's fine. This walks the stack. So for every value on the stack, it tries to like figure out where, where the value is coming from. And that gives me like a coarse backtrace of everything. So, um, I'll show you what that looks like. So here's an example that I just ran. Um, here you can see that I, I was going to have it. So one way, if we have a, a safe mode crash in CircuitPython, all of those go through this reset into safe mode. So yeah, D DCD asks, is this Python code talking through the J-Link? Correct. So this Python code controls my NRF uh, my NRF device um, through Python. Bruce says, I'm not sure what fast means. I use the mini EDU J-Link to flash NRF feather boards and it seems okay. Yeah, so what we have here is we can see the program counter. This is the symbol info for the program counter. And then this is actually the line info. So what we can see is that like when this halted, um, it ended up in this like startup phase thing. So what I've been trying to do is figure out why it's crashing. Um, so it's, it's crashing really, it, it, something is being corrupted. So let me just comment this out and we'll rebuild the load. Um, Make it 
And while we're making it, I'll double click it. <laughs> hey, Mark. I don't think I said how to you yet. Okay. Copy that over. Esden, if you're still watching, you might be able to help. Um, I was trying to use... So there's a GDB server in PyOCD, and I was trying to use it from LLDB. But LLDB... I was trying to run... Uh, like, run... The run command and it doesn't work with PyOCD because it does some weird signaling stuff. This is the problem that I got burnt out a while back on. Okay, so I just copied it over. Yeah, LLDB is using the protocol differently. Yeah. Yeah, this protocol that seems like a standard, but that's not a standard. So I'm just going to hit uh, restart on there. It blinked red for the um, for the bootloader, but then didn't do anything. GDB LLDB side is not specified. Only the side of the server. Yeah, even when I looked up like the K command for kill, it was like, this is different. <laughs> like, it's not well defined. It's like, great. David asks, I remember you mentioning somewhere about a bug requiring an, a hit enabled device for Macropod that got fixed. I think I'm hitting it. What do you do? What do I need to get the fix? Latest CP, lives, other. Um, I'd not I would just try the absolute latest from absolute latest version of CircuitPython first. Try that first. Um, otherwise, I would hop on the Discord and, and post the, the error that you're having. Anthony asks, who thinks that optimization is not worth it? Optimizing early is not, a, is not worth it, for sure. Ah, Mark says, I was playing with PyOCD earlier today, script flashing, scripting flashing for my universal test jig. That's pretty awesome. Esden says, in any case, if you implement a client, you have trouble making sure it will work with other implementations. That is why LLDB does not always work. Same thing with other debuggers. Yeah, and that's kind of why I was like, maybe I'll just see what I can do with PyOCD myself. Um, one thing I asked added in the script was like, if it hits a hard fault handler, it like automatically will print out like the hard fault registers which I think is pretty neat. So I think there is a place for these, like, I'm just going to start CircuitPython up, run it, and then see where it stops. Um, and these backtraces are, like, not spectacular, but they're also not terrible. So, like, what we're seeing here is now we're in port init, um, and we can see the line is port C, line 156, and that's coming from the reset handler. So... There's some weird memory corruption happening, and I'm not sure why. Um, but if we pull up port, we can see that right in the top of port init, I have this, like, if the prescaler is not equal to this value, then just spin. Um, 
Oh yeah, there's the if you heard the honking like the uh the intersection here has had like a number of times where people have gotten in accidents. It used to be it's just an intersection. It used to have no stop signs at all. That was always a problem and then they added two stop signs. So one direction you don't stop and the other direction you're supposed to stop. It's just like they need to put a roundabout in. It's like it's a residential neighborhood. People don't need to go fast. Um, so, so what this is doing is that there's this RTC, RTC config that initializes to this value, and then at the very start of port init, which actually is the start of main, um, what we're doing is we're saying if it's not equal to the value that it should be, then we're then we're infinite looping. Oh, so I tried that. Uh, Edson says trying to add support for the Blackmagic probe to Radari 2 was a nightmare as they used the protocol wrong. I actually tried that a little bit to, s to see if I could get that going and it was like no good either. Um... Mark says, I couldn't get OpenOCD to flash an STM32L0 that uh, was in low power. It wouldn't wake up before flashing, but PyOCD did it really easily. It's the whole Pi versus Tickle thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I think PyOCD is really neat. And uh, it, it seems like a really, really handy tool. If anybody wants to figure out how to unwind the stack, that would be amazing. <laughs> but I was starting to look at it, and it was like, it is complicated. Figuring out, like, where all the variables are and stuff. But yeah, I would love to see. I want, like, a PyDB. Like, not, not PDB, which is, like, the Python debugger for debugging Python code, but I would love, like, the PyOCD equivalent of GDB. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. Because Python is just, like, so much more extensible and easier to easier to understand okay um, yeah so I have this check that's saying like oh if this value that should be initialized at startup is not what it is then like wait and so I was trying to figure out maybe what I want to do is I actually want to do an odd jump so so port here is checking RTC config. And then what I thought, so the place that, so the way that this works, the when you reset, the bootloader goes and then it changes, um, changes the interrupt vector offset, and then it calls the reset handler. So the bootloader calls this reset handler directly. And it does two sorts of memory in this, memory initialization tasks. The first here is that it copies data from flash to RAM because those are all the like initialization values that are going to get uh, used. So if we look back at this port C, we can see that this RTC config is not const, which means you can actually change these values. So um, so that has to get initialized somehow. And the way that it's initialized is with the startup NRF52840. And this, it's just a while loop that copies 
data from flash into the spot in memory. And then the second thing is BSS is, I don't know what it stands for, but it gets zeroed out. So this does the whole range of zeros. So this is anything that is like that first struct, but all of the values are zero. They just get, you just do like a whole pass zeroing everything out. And then we call this system init, which is, I looked at, it looks like it's just setting some hardware stuff. Um, but it, if I add this after, so this loop is a lot like this first loop, except what it's doing is it's saying, um, it's just checking. It's saying, if the destination is not equal to the source value, then we infinite loop and we'll see it on our backtrace. Otherwise, uh, just increment the both and uh, then go around the loop again. Um, so very, very similar. So, oops. So if I save that. Esden, what have you been up to? What's the latest and greatest from one bit squared? As I compile and reload it. Block started by symbol is BSS. Very old school thing from IBM times, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> Open OCD, I think, can do ESP stuff, whereas like PyOCD doesn't do ESP chips yet, I don't think. Which I guess I should have said earlier when <laughs> Unexpected Baker was talking about it. Gian Dunn says, I'm fascinated by how many types of debugging and analysis can be done. Definitely a bit above my depth for now, but I know it's coming. Hee <laughs> hee. It's true. This, I mean, this is the first time I've done PyOCD. I used to, I've done it, um, I've done similar stuff before with, uh, GDB, but I can't, it's just the weirdest thing. It just, like, the very first time it happened to me, I just, like, my Linux computer screeched to a halt as it, the whole RAM got filled up. And I've been waiting to see like a new version of GDB come in, and I haven't seen it. Um, and it's only LTO builds that do it too, so I, it's the weirdest thing. Ezin is fighting the chip shortages for Glasgow. Oh. Yeah, the chip shortage stuff is rough. Analog Discovery 2 will get me working with all sorts of low data flows like that. It's true. Yes, it will. Okay, so so now we're we're stuck in the startup and line 69. So the thing I was going to add was actually I was going to add a um, regi register print. Um, oh, not using OpenOCD with ESP32. So I think register prints can be pretty simple. I was going to do for I in page. Uh, I think there's 12 that we can read. We can print. I've been doing F strings because F strings are all the rage. F string. Uh, 
edge. I guess that's not what I want. Just want. Uh. value but we're gonna do it as a hex so I'm curious to see what addresses are in there and right. Let's see if that works as it says we made an FPGA mechanical keyboard Atreus keep it keyboard conversion with FPGA instead of an MCU. Now working on a demo scene game console hardware with icebreaker bitsy inside. Working on a new revision of the Black Magic Probe too to compensate for chip shortages and add some new features. Nice. Good to stay busy. I versus Reg. I suppose. You beat the you beat the script. <laughs> Linux to boot on the ice breaker. That's ridiculous. I did like the Pi 5 stuff seems uh pretty neat as well. I should really uh remove this. Hmm. So I think RAM starts I don't actually know what RAM 20 second boot time that's impressive let's take a look at the map because I think this uh, 2001 is the end of RAM and then this 8064 must be So the map file, there's a great talk from Elysia. Oh, and I'm wrong. This um, 2001 is the start. It's the start of the data section, which is where we should start by copying. end of it. This 2001-055cc is not there. Huh. Because I was kind of hoping to figure out where in that loop it was. When it's validating that the Like, so something's, 
weird. Right, like, it feels like something in system init is clobbering my memory. So, I don't know what happens if I do that. Let's just try it. Debugging stuff like this is like very satisfying when you figure it out, but and then while you're doing it, it's not not very fun. But like there was another failure mode I saw. This is where the timer stuff gets corrupted, but I found a spot where the some data about the UARTs is corrupted as well. And so, like, whenever you see memory corruption like that, like, it's bad news, and you should really try to find it. This is why I need to do Rust at some point, because Rust has more semantics that the language gives you, and which should make it easier for the compiler to detect them, so you don't have to do debugging like this. Um, okay, I'm going to hit reset, and then we'll do the script again. The other thing we could do is a watch point. Actually, that might be the next thing I do. Or make a random comment or print and hope the memory error goes away. Become a fellow Rustation. It's only a matter of time. I, I, w the people that have come b being like, I want Rust in CircuitPython, I'm like, you get the build system going and I'm there. Right? Like, I would love to start doing Rust in CircuitPython because. I have spent so much time dealing with memory corruption issues that it's the worst. It's only a matter of time. Oh, look at this. So this this value here is not at the start. It's later on. Um, but I guess we're also... Now we're in port init. 156. So even though we commented out, we're still there? Like, there's got to be something super obvious. The program counter is important in it. What is it? Obstump? I like, I do miss having build feather armor elf. Are not found. Like it could be some bad re reordering. 
Here we go. No, see, like, here's Maine, and it's Port Annette. And, like, it branches right to Port Annette. I just got an email from Instagram saying, we're, we're sorry you're having trouble logging into Instagram. I did not just try to get into Instagram. Who's trying to log into my Instagram? Is there a button to say it wasn't me? Well, there isn't a button that says it wasn't me. Okay, well, could be fishing too. Todd says I get those all the time. Great. That's what we want. Um, a space at the end of a max length string. So much love for Rust. I'm really excited to see where it'll be in a couple years. Yeah, so it seems like it's still not correct. I thought I had tested, so where's the reset handler? I expected that to be in here. Do I need to do a capital D? I just like put this extra like space into it. I just have a I have a while loop that is checking that the initialized value is what it should be and it's not even though there's like no code that sh should happen before it oops the vectors well. What the heck? Oh dear. Why isn't it responding to me? There we go. It's reset underscore handler. Go figure. Okay. Like it just branches to main. So like what is what is messing my memory up? You know, I was thinking it could be um <laughs> like some weird DMA or something. Let's see if we can set a watch point. We have a number. Um, let's just do this script again. This is what I like about this script is like 
I'm not restarting the device every time, I'm just like changing the way that I'm inspecting it. I really should remove this CFI stuff. I was trying to reset, or unwind the stack, but I'm not using it at all. I couldn't figure out how to get the right addresses. All right, so we're in port now. In reset handler. Right, interesting. So we catch it in port. It seems like a timing thing. Like, is something... That is so weird. Let's just watch this address. So I think what we do is we say... So somewhere commented out here, I have set... Breakpoint. Good night, Dave. I wonder if there's a watch point of that address. And then what we want to do is we want to reset and halt, I think is what it is. And then resume. And then since we're going to wait, let's wait like one second. Is it set set watch point? One thing that PyOCD does not do that they should is uh, read the docs. For all this sort of stuff. Yeah, that's right. Set watch point has a size and a type. What do we think that is? <laughs> I don't know what else it needs. Cortex M. Oh, it just calls out. To the DWT, just this. If type not in watch type to function. What are my options? Oh, I see. Um, I want rights. Yeah, open source is the best. It could be the soft device. I mean, size is going to be four. 
sizes in bytes? Maybe? Although their comments aren't that great. Watch size to mask. <laughs> well, that should work. Four is a power of two. Alright, let's try it. And I'm gonna... Oh. Did I not save it? It's not going to know what target is either. Offset. Line 70. Just wait a little longer. Which memory are you trying to ensure is not being corrupted? Stack data BSS or code? Uh, data. I am on the chair. Yeah, do not model my posture. My posture is bad. <laughs> it's still not happy and the stack pointer hasn't moved. Why is that? Like there's this. I don't know if reset and halt is changing my program counter or not. Oh, there we go. Now the program counter is in the reset handler. Man, this CFI loading is slow. Catch fire. 
<laughs> still pretty slow. What's the slow part? It could be, it must be uh, these. see we have a watch point <laughs> so what we have to do is we have to this is the first time it's set which is fine so what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a loop of this Four in range two we want to do this twice We don't care about the first time, we care about the second time. And this is why PyOCD is really neat. But look at that, like the second time. Because core zero is not halted. Where the heck is it? So it's like something besides the CPU is clobbering it, which is super bizarre. Is it possible my RAM is broken? I had it at one point read it back. Like, I'm on USB. I wonder if I disable USB whether it works or not. Just do that. Switch it to charger. Um, okay, so now we're in the the port stuff. So let's just print out. this memory address. So we can print, see we can read memory. It. So I don't know if we can read memory while it's not halted. Do you have a second NRF board? I do. In fact, I have one right here. To check against battery. How do you get the not equal sign? I'm used to using exclamation equals. It's the font. So I type exclamation equals and the font changes it. 
I think you folks are right. We should do a... I, I have another feather right here. I'll, I'll just test it. Um, it's zero. Which doesn't seem right. Bruce says Fira code. Yeah, I think that's what I'm using too. Yeah, Ezden says ligature fonts to the, for the win. Yeah, so ligatures are different symbols that happen when two characters are next to each other. Um, I get also I get nice arrows as well. Oh, apparently I don't have it in my terminal. Oh, they did. Huh. Well, it didn't do the arrow there. Um. That's so weird. Let's read it down here. I don't actually know what the value should be. One glyph for multiple characters. <laughs> Used for good looking prints. It's all zeros. You know what we could do? We could print out this whole range. Let's do that. Or I in. So if we look at our memory map again, we're curious to go from, this is E data. Yeah, maybe we're, so that's the end. And we're going to want to go on four byte boundaries. And flash start is. I can actually tell range to go by four, right? Assume I can read the flash then to flash start.
slash start is from the load address here. We're looking at the data section from the load addresses. This. see what that does. It'll probably crash. Programming fonts with ligatures. Casticadia. Calling it target maybe isn't good. That's very true. That'll be a problem. Thank you for that. I'm assuming that's what the problem is. Offset. Offset's not defined either. Ugh. Do, do. So this is the timeout. Ah, okay. So you know the other thing I could do is I could say whether they're the same or not. It looks like they are. This could totally be not even a problem or something weird. Like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. The script thinks it's all okay. Why is that? And now we're in port line 156. Maybe this is not being initialized correctly? Port line 156 is if RTC prescaler does not equal frequency to prescaler. RTC config is here. Uh, 
so it should be within our range. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> Any chance you can give a short overview of the issue? I missed bits and pieces, what should happen? So what I was finding is I was finding that, um, so this is checking the RT pre RTC prescaler value. And if I remove this loop, it hits an assert later on in the code that fails. The assert is equivalent. The assert is pickier than this. But like, I don't see any reason why, like, it should be the same. Zero, zero, six. Uh, I was get yeah I was I was hitting asserts that that was my problem is that I'm hitting asserts. I don't know. I could look at this next week and be like, what was I thinking? This is not a problem, but it it seems proper and it seems weird what are the types for that struct maybe a type misalignment possible I am compiling it with LTO alright let's find this RTC config I'm in debug mode that's why I'm hit, hitting the asserts. And I'm doing LTO. Um, NRF X Hal. No, not Hal. Drivers include RTC. Here it is. It's a uint 16 followed by, so why is it, it's six. So two bytes, one byte, one byte, one byte. So it looks like it's aligned. This is where a real debugger would be nicer. Wouldn't have to do it ad hoc. But it should be at the start of that. Prescaler. RTC config. Three thirty. I want to print out address. I mean, it seems weird, right? Assuming the struct is static and not moving, since it isn't like that. 
I mean, that seems so weird. It's so weird to me that... Let me just... I mean, I do have edits to this. Let's see, so if I save it and rebuild... Why don't I have the variables immediately before and after? PyOCD doesn't say anything's getting trashed though, which is very weird. Okay. Oh, you know what? We were gonna try a different one. I'm gonna switch the feather out right now. this works, I'm gonna like, I have no idea. I hope it doesn't. <laughs> I spent way too much time on this. This is how it goes though. It's copying, copying, copying. Oh, it didn't start up. I get no blinky. That's a different value though. Oh, look at that. It's all different. That seems weird. We're in startup.c. 69. Like it wasn't able to copy any of it over? Like it does look like it's not right at all. Let me um, hit the reset button again. That was unexpected. Yeah, I did not expect that. It's still E. And it's still wrong. It's like completely wrong. Did I break? Like this is right, right? 
Yeah, DCD, I had a code review for Dan that I was thinking about doing. Um, but I wonder if it's reordering it. Let me... Maybe the compiler's being too smart. I mean, that... That it could be true. I decided not to do the review for Dan because it wasn't working perfectly. Is this what you were seeing before? No, it's not. Like, you would think it would be smart about ordering. So we've got 20 more minutes. I'll probably just keep banging my head on this. If folks have questions and want to distract me and take me on a tangent, uh, now's a great time. <laughs> so I don't have to keep banging my head against the wall. Yeah, it's easy to say the compiler is wrong, but it, in practice it's usually not. Alright, so there's a completely different value in there now. It was E. It still says it's completely wrong. Oh, you know why? I bet the bounds... I hard-coded the bounds of the... Uh, that's what it is. I hard-coded the bounds of what I'm comparing. So if we look at these two, at this number, it's probably completely different. Uh, what is the load address now? AFFD8. That's the problem with uh, hard-coding it. And how long is it? I bet I could look it up from the debug stuff I have, but I'm not sure. <laughs> how about having a GDB stub in the CircuitPython so you can connect with GDB directly? This is something you can do in situations where you want to some debugging in an easy way and provide it without having a JTAG SWD adapter. Um, I mean, my problem isn't that the stub pro problem. Um. of a general question. I don't really know what that entails. And given that the PyOCD GDB stuff doesn't work that well, then, like, my problem is GDB right now. My problem is, is that if I load an ELF that is an LTO into GDB, it just takes all my memory up. And if I use LLDB, it loads okay, but then the backtrace is not as good as, like, it doesn't when I saw it, it wasn't going past the uh, hard fault handlers. In this case, it might work. Maybe I should try that. Alright, so... Interesting. Did I have an off by one error? 
there's a single value that's wrong. Um, Ask Patrick W asks, so I was watching you use the Salier in some older episodes. You mentioned your own analyzer project. Have you had time to think about that at all? Um, Mark Gambler, I think, did a lot. And Esden might know that, actually, Esden might know the Sigrock people. Last I heard, Mark had gotten the RP2040 connecting to a Sigrock and had a pull request open, but hadn't heard back. Uh, to the from the Sigrak people. Um, so Mark got really far with it, um, but then hit the wall of like trying to get it into Sigrak. And Mark's in the chat, so Mark will give us an update. It takes time to bring things in. I mean, I understand that, but last I heard, he hadn't even gotten a reply. I spend a lot of my time doing email. <laughs> All right, here's the link. Ah, our Mark got it going and Kmatch did the work. Kmatch did the work to get it into Sigrock. That's right. So there's one value that's different. Okay, so I was wrong. Mark did some good stuff to CSV, but Kmatch really did the work to get it into Sigrock. Get all the control stuff going. So the first memory address is different, but by the time we're stopping, we're in um, port. I don't trust this power warning handler. Start at line 73. We've definitely made a... Right, so we're in main. And now we're in port line 73. We're not in the assert. We're in Tickinit. Tickinit is in port 120. Oh yeah, so I have a similar check here, and if I uncomment that, or comment that. Good night, Deshapu. I might have missed you. <sighs> Doesn't make any sense to me.
makes no sense. I copied it over, right? Is this the mage bow you have? Uh, I think so. Yeah, USB capture HDMI plus sounds right. This is okay. I'm not worried about that changing because we are further in the call stack. Um, I can bug me after the stream and I'll look at my email to, co to confirm the mage well. Yeah, see, so here now we're in um, assert. So we're in this NRFX RTC init, which had an assert problem, which is only going to happen in debug, which causes us to print it out. <laughs> and then we get into printing stuff, and we're in printing stuff, and we're in printing stuff, and we're in printing stuff, and we have problems printing stuff. And we're trying to allocate an exception. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. I've got to stop right at four, because we have guests. Um, the $20 HDMI dongle is really close in quality. If you're going to text, you have to share your screen with the whole class. You missed it earlier. I was texting earlier, too. Um, that's not how it works. Yeah, so this is the problem. This is why I was like adding these things previously. It's like. At some point, I hit an assert statement, and I have a problem. So I was like using these wild trues to like stop earlier to figure out where is it cha being changed and why doesn't it? Why isn't it right? Um, let me let's just take a look at what this is. See, it's just a bit of math. So it's RTC input frequency divided by that minus one. Which should be okay. <laughs> Guess as in non-household humans in the same physical space. Strange concept. It is. I think they're the first guess we've had. Is this all before interrupts are enabled? Like, no other code can run in spite of the while true. No, I think interrupts are on. I think interrupts are on. But... By the time we halt, but by the time we halt, it should have run, and we should see it. Right? Like, we should be able to confirm that it's happening because we're printing out the memory... Um, 
right? Like here. Or are we not going far enough? We're only going to... Oh, you know what? I bet that's it. Let's see. I'm dividing by 4 here, and then I'm going by 4 again. Well, that's wrong, so I'm not going to print everything off. Two two three one puppy says I've never seen fish shell before. Should I try it? Does it work on Mac? It works on Mac, and I recommend it. Um, so why was the first word reporting the difference? I mean, it's it's far enough long that maybe something's changing it. Like I don't know what variable is there. Um, but everything here still is the same. And we're st still in this bad spot. What is the address of it? Uh, RTC config is 334. Zero? It's being saved as zero? Because it's little Indian, I think, so. Zero, one DFC. first eight bytes or something is not user memory but is something internal that the MBR or soft device uses really I mean that I mean there's system system core clock is what's there That first word is system core clock. I think we do set aside the RAM ourselves for the soft device, so I don't think that's the problem. Um, Like, it's possible... It's zero. Which seems like it would be okay. The assert... That we're actually failing... Is... I looked it up, my brain is toast.
RTC init config p config prescaler set we're providing the address right did I like accidentally type something Like delete a no RTC config with an ampersand. This is where I wish I could print RTC frequency to prescaler. Two K zero. Wait, so we're, we got past this. Is this all just prescaler set? See, assert. Value has to be less than prescalar mask, which zero, zero should be. I think Mac comes with Z, Z shell now. Yeah, set up a software UART. Yeah, I don't know. I'm with Mark that says I give up. Um, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna call it. Um, sorry, sometimes you just spend a lot of time and you don't end up with anything. That's the way that programming goes. Um, thank you all <laughs> for joining me for this deep dive. It's been a pleasure. Uh, if you have ideas on um, what how we can make Circuit Python Days deep dive next week special, let me know. Um, check out the Python subreddit for information about the uh, AMA that we'll do next week. Um, and if you want to support me, uh, go support Adafruit by going to adafruit.com, purchasing stuff there. They pay me to flounder around and not fix any bugs that may or may not exist. Um, so uh, thank you, everybody, for that. Uh, if you want to chat with me or you have ideas about the CircuitPython Day stuff, you can go to the URL adafru.it slash discord to join uh, there, and you can at me at, at tannewt uh, there. Um, usually deep dives are more successful, but they always include all these tangents. Uh, I do them Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, next week will be Friday and 2, 2 p.m. Pacific as well. Uh, thank you for hanging out, um, and uh, it's been a pleasure, and I'll s I can't pet the cat because he's not here. Um, so I'll just tell I'll see you next week for CircuitPython Day. Uh, have a great weekend.